The Steelers knocked it out of the park in the 2023 draft. I think that's pretty consensus yep. at this point. The main question now as they prepare for the 2024 draft is can they do it again? And hello, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris. And of course, this is the Southside Beat as we are at 3 p.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Live, then later available in podcast form. Chris, you took a big dive into the world, the wide world, so to speak, of centers in your <laughs> talk talk piece, but which I think is a good point to go off of today. And look, this draft class is going to be important as they all are. But Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the lifeblood of the 2023 Steelers and what we just saw from this team one season ago, these rookies played a huge part in it. And Mm -hmm. it's not, of of course, all of them didn't, but the majority of them did. And this was a really productive draft class. So really good topic to get into as we start to kind of prepare our mindsets and prepare Mm -hmm. ourselves for the NFL Combine at the end of the month. Yeah, it's uh, you know, combine will be here before we know it, and we'll get a, a, a you know a, a better idea of uh, not just where you know whose stock is going to rise, whose stock is going to fall, but then also you know my, maybe how certain teams are feeling about certain positions. You know, uh, and obviously when it comes to the Steelers, you know there there will be rumblings that come out of the combine. There always were. You know, uh, you know last year for example, I you know had a really good conversation uh, with somebody internally about exactly what they were looking for in a cornerback. And, you know, I, I, even though to me, based off of what they told me, Joey Porter Jr. Didn't necessarily fit the mold exactly that. It seemed like, um, like Deontay banks better fit that watching how it played out actually made a lot of sense and how they used him in their system, how they use and how, um, just how he progressed as a, as an NFL player, it made a lot of sense. You know, I went back and looked at my notes from that conversation and like, so you will get certain things that will help kind of tell the story of what's going to happen. And so um, the reason why this is so important is because man, if the Steelers are going to have, you know, the, the big question right now is how do you beat Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, Patrick Mahomes is don't grow on trees. Josh Allen's, Lamar Jackson's, all that stuff doesn't grow on trees. And from what we can tell, the absolute best option the Steelers could possibly have at quarterback in 2024 is Kirk Cousins, which is a very, very unlikely candidate. So they're not going to have the same quarterback play to compete with that. So how else do you build a winner? Really, it's through the draft. Mm -hmm. And when you go and look at recent years, it's, it's, it's not produced not just talking about first round picks. It's just not produced overall. I'll get into more detail on that later, but that's why you look at last year's class. It's so promising because Broderick Jones, promising player, Joey Porter Jr. Finalist for defensive rookie of the year. Keanu Benton, promising first year, Nick Herbig promising first year. I mean, you got potentially four players that can become significant contributors and like impact starters Mm -hmm. at some point in their career. And that is a huge get if you can get that in one draft class and not saying they have to get four more in this one, but the more, the most you can get in this one, it it, it's absolutely needed. That's right. Now getting impact guys and getting depth guys, of course, once you get to day three of the draft, you're hoping that one, maybe two of those guys shakes out to be something, not just 
impact or starter or reserve or rotation, but you're talking about something, period, special teams at minimum. And look, when the Steelers have to defer to Mark Robinson as third third option at middle linebacker, you know, take that, for example, seventh rounder project kind of guy. And yeah, we could sit here and, and have expectations for Mark Robinson's growth. And especially in year two, when a lot of us thought, yeah, this is a guy the Steelers are really grooming to be something in the middle. He really became a one trick, you know, one run stopper. And that's really it. So even then, when you have a draft as deep as the Steelers did last year, now Mark Robinson wasn't part of last year's class, but just taking an example, like mm-hmm. there's no guarantees in Corey Trice. There's no guarantees in Spencer Anderson. There's no guarantees once you get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders. So if you could find a player that you could stack up, that's why when the Steelers traded to get back into the third round last year, you know, after trading to jump ahead and, and get Broderick Jones in the first round, when they traded back in and grabbed Darnell Washington, you think of that as a move like, wow, they're really transforming their thinking here when it comes to impact rookies and impact players they could find right away. And Darnell Washington was a fit at tight end. He was a fit for what the Steelers needed at the position. They mm-hmm. had Pat Fryermuth. They have a guy that could run up the seam and, and catch passes. They needed someone to block and run mm-hmm. block and run block well. And that's what Darnell Washington was coming out of college. So I think it's important to reset the mindset that yes, in the draft, they're looking for impact players. They're looking for guys mm-hmm. that could play right away and guys they could develop to play for years to come. But also they have to look at what they are made of and what they need. And that's why hiring Arthur Smith was so important. And that's why also retaining the defensive staff and the manners they did is also important because now we know what this team could be looking for on either side of the football. Yeah. I'm just going to go back through a few of the last mo- a few recent draft classes. The last I'd say good draft class they had before 2023 was 2017. 2017 was TJ Watt, Juju, Cam Sutton, James Connor, Josh Dobbs, Brian Allen, uh, Colin Holba and uh, Keon Adams. But I mean, those first five, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all that they all, had multiple seasons. Obviously, TJ Watt is a future Hall of Famer. Juju, multiple seasons of of a, of a very productive receiver. Cam Sutton, uh, very good corner. James Conner, legitimate starting running back. Josh Dobbs, you know, a good backup to have on your team for sure. So that's a good draft class, right? I mean, multiple players. Now, you'd like to have more than just TJ Watt on your team right now. You know, you'd like to have more than just one guy from that draft on your team, but 2017 is kind of far away. So let's get a little closer. Mm-hmm. 2018, Terrell Edmonds, James Washington, Mason Rudolph, Chooks, Marcus Allen, Jalen Samuels, Josh Fraser. Fraser. I mean, and if Mason Rudolph does not resign, that's nobody from the from that draft class on this roster right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. 2019, Devin Bush, Deontay Johnson, Justin Lane, Benny Snell. Zach Gentry, Sutton Smith, Isaiah Bugs, Ulysses Gilbert, and Derwin Gray. Deontay Johnson's the only guy left mm-hmm. from 2019. 2020, Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, Anthony McFarlane, Kevin Dotson, Antoine Brooks Jr., Carlos Davis. Alex, Highsmith, Alex Highsmith is the only guy left. So from those three draft classes, Oof. you have two players on your roster. Can't have that. No, you can't. I, I, that's not that it's that far away. I mean, Deontay no. Johnson is the guy who was most recently going to be, you know, a free agent. You know, the, the reason he's still with us because he signed a second contract. So 
you're, you're talking about guys who you were going to come up on the choices of, okay, they're hitting their fourth year or they're hitting the, you know, if they're a first round pick hitting their fifth year option, we have to make decisions and stuff like that. Two guys from three draft classes are, are not, are still not on the team. And yeah. even if you go back to 2021, Najee and Pat, okay. Kendrick Green, Dan Moore, Buddy Johnson, Isaiah Loudermill, Quincy Roche, Trey Norwood, Presley Harvin. That's not amazing. I mean, that's, that's that's twenty. That's twenty twenty one. I mean, these are these are some. This is why when we talk about drafting for need versus drafting best player available, you could probably go back through and look at. Yeah, you could see they're reaching for that position. This is why you go best player available. Receiver might not be the pick that makes the most amount of sense at number 20. But if for whatever reason, a superstar receiver is sitting there at 20, it's the best player available. You know, you, you got to get back to that mentality. I saw more of that last year, a good mix of best player available versus addressing need. Sometimes those, those things can coincide, can, 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 can be married together. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's got to happen. Best player available has got to happen. Yeah. And, and look, there's mock drafts out there that think, that the no. Steelers could go quarterback in the first round. I've one, seen the one Bo Nicks. Nicks. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw one of the, the other one with Michael Penix Jr. No thank you on either one at 20. Sorry. Nope. I agree. But, again, that beckons the question of how badly do the Steelers need a quarterback? Well, they need one. Yep. But also, are any of those guys better than Kenny Pickett or are any of those guys worth taking that you could build a Super Bowl winner out of? Likely no. At this stage, likely no. And if you're not getting one of the top ones – you're, you're kind of in a realm where you have to develop. You have to scout really well. And I don't think it would behoove the Steelers to take a quarterback at 20 when there are other larger needs out there to address. Yeah. And, and Matt brings it up here. Do they address it in free agency or the draft? They do it in both. There's right times to do it in the draft. It's called day two or day three. You don't take a quarterback in day one when you're in the position that the Steelers are in where they need more than just that. I think – I think – if I had my GM hat on, I'm looking at like the Spencer Rattler, the Michael Pratt, guys in those tiers of quarterback that you could take, you could put on the bench, you can have as your, you know, active third quarter, inactive third quarterback on Sundays, and you have a guy that's that's there to develop. Mm-hmm. I think a developmental prospect makes the most sense. Not somebody at 20 where they need offensive tackle and they need interior defensive line and they need center and they need inside linebacker and they need cornerback and they need safety. The the quarterback to me at 20 would be a huge miss would be a huge miss. And that's like just looking on the surface of who else is available in a really deep offensive line class and a really deep to me, at least cornerback class as well. So I think taking quarterback at 20 would just be a swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, if you go, you know, historically and you look at probably, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league, obviously, you know, <laughs> it's ironic because, you know, the greatest of, you know, the, the GOAT, you know, Tom Brady was taken in the sixth round. So, you know, we, we th- there are ex- obviously exceptions to the rule and not every quarterback that's taken in the top three or top five turns into a superstar. I mean, how many people thought Jamarcus Russell was going to be at least a, a, a decent or average quarterback and man alive, he's arguably the worst bust in, for, in, in draft history. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it, there are no guarantees in the draft and you know, that, that, that's just as, um, that's just as, you know, it's the same situation, whether you're picking in the top five or you're picking 20. Um, there are quarterbacks that can work, you know, it, it, but 
if you're in the Steelers situation, you're a little bit more desperate for a quarterback, then maybe you entertain those things. Then maybe you take a chance on a Bo Nix, and maybe you take a chance on a Michael Penix Jr. You, 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 you take those chances. But when the Steelers have potential options, both in free agency and, um, you know, via trade, and also, you know, whether you like Kenny or not, you know, give him a third year. Know for sure what what you have in Kenny Pickett. Because at the end of at the end of the twenty four season, you're going to have to make a decision on this fifth year option anyway. That's about the time that you should start to make a, a to 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 take stock in. Okay, is this is this player a guy who who we can build around? Is this a guy who 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 we can you know consider to be a core of our team? Steelers are making that decision right now with Najee because they have to make a decision on his fifth year option. To me, that's the big the biggest slam dunk of the offseason. Three thousand yard seasons in his first three seasons. Yeah. That that's the and going into a into an offensive system that is going to absolutely fit Najee to a T. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's a slam dunk to me. Kenny Pickett, it's not a slam dunk right now. Really do need answers out of him. If that means you have to sacrifice another season to get an answer at quarterback, then maybe you have to do that. Um, but they they do need to kind of figure out what they have with Kenny. But then again, if certain if certain scenarios play out where you have an opportunity to upgrade the position with a guy that you can build around, I mean, yeah. why not? Here's where people are going to disagree with what you're saying, Chris. And I, I don't necessarily subscribe to this, but like the goal is to win, right? You got to find ways to win. You have to try to win in this NFL and taking a season to find out whether Kenny Pickett is the quarterback or not might be considered another waste. Here's what I'll say. Good. Here's what I'll say mm-hmm. as a rebuttal to that. They had to take 2023 to find out if Kenny Pickett was their guy or not. And they didn't do that. I don't think they did that as well as they could have, or as well as they should have, or in some cases at all, because when Kenny was healthy enough to play, they played Mason Rudolph. I understand why they played Mason Rudolph, why Mike Tomlin played Mason Rudolph, why Mason Rudolph started the final few games of the season and in the postseason. I understand why all of that happened. But at the end of the day, you use a first-round pick on Kenny Pickett. Anytime you have a first-round investment on a quarterback and he's on a rookie contract, you have to be damn sure that one way or another, he is the guy or he isn't. The fact that we're in year four of the Kenny Pickett experience or going into it, and they're telling us, this isn't us speculating, this is them telling us that they want competition for that guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't scream confidence to Kenny Pickett to me. That screams they're going to have they're going to give Kenny Pickett an opportunity, which is fine, which is at minimum what Kenny Pickett should have. But it doesn't scream an endorsement for Kenny Pickett to me. And if if there's conversation about bringing Mason Rudolph back, and there's conversation about trading for whoever, and there's conversation about drafting, those are all indicators that there's not a, a total confidence in Kenny Pickett. And they're saying that they want to compete. There's not a total level of confidence in Kenny Pickett. They had to discover, and this is my opinion, they had to discover that in 2023. They did not. And they took 17 games. They took rather about 14 games, if you want to be technical, about 14 games and and some change of Kenny Pickett to get nowhere on it. And now this is the position they're in, where we're sitting here talking about, do they draft a quarterback first round? Do they trade to get Fields or Cousins or whoever? Do they sign Tannehill? Will Mason re-sign? The 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 fact that we're sitting here talking about whether Mason Rudolph is re-signing or not 
was never in the cards at one year ago today. Yeah. It was an afterthought <clears throat> in a way. And now we're in a legitimate case of conversation with that because of the lack of total confidence in Kenny Pickett as of this moment. Yeah. Uh, Spice Creations brings up a good point here. You know, the reason why, you know, there was no confidence in Kenny is because he didn't give them a reason. You know, I, I you know, the, the one of the number one things that I see in terms of the pro Kenny crowd or two things is, well, he, he's won a lot of games or he's won games and then he's uh, he doesn't turn the ball over. It's like, OK. That's that's nice, but not turning the ball over is not how you win in the NFL. You got to be able to score points. Sure. Now, you, you can't just, you know, throw caution to the wind and, you know, just let it all hang out there and hope that, you know, you score enough points without turning the ball over too much. You have to be uh, shrewdly aggressive. Uh, but we haven't seen that from Kenny. Uh, the only time we really saw that from Kenny was, yes, like, you know, after Matt Canada was fired. Uh, and that's the game that everybody points to. Well, look what Kenny did, you know, first game. Well, okay, we'll look at the first half of the Arizona game. Yeah. It was kind of more back to there's not really like some nice throws there here and there, some nice plays here and there, but it was more of the kind of the same, you know, some, some, I, I remember one specific play. He had a wide open check down to Najee. He went, he went through his progressions and then he just decided to just run to the left. I mean, wide open Najee as a check down, like check down should be the first thing that comes to your mind before you say, before you decide to take off. And, and that, that just didn't happen. Um, and see, Darren brings up, you know, Pickett didn't play and stay with his O line. Mason did, and that's a big, that's a big reason. That's something that Kenny will have to learn, yeah. and it's one of those things that he he didn't show any progress with in two seasons. You know, 25, 26 games, however many games he's played, but um, you know, it's there. There is a reason. You know, when Kenny has this offense again, you know, we talk about, Oh, it's the post Canada, but again, that's not like it was Eddie Faulkner's and Mike Sullivan's playbook. When we talk about Kenny, you know, Mason came in and they put up points immediately. Yeah. I mean, they did it on the road in Seattle. They, they, they played well against the Baltimore defense, you know, in a monsoon that still had a lot of their starters in there. Um, and, you know, they didn't get, they didn't get embarrassed in the playoffs. Now they, it, um, they were down 21, nothing, but they made it a one score game in the fourth quarter. So Mason Rudolph is, and, and, and listen, everybody who's talking about Mason Rudolph, like, Holy crap, man. Like the Steelers want him back. And, and I saw somebody ask the question, um, you know, uh, da, 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 Brent, Brent asks uh, if Mason size, you think he'll get a fair shot? I, I do. Mm -hmm. I think that if the Steelers can, can land Mason Rudolph in free agency, that it will be a legitimate competition. Something we have not seen in the, in the past two training camps, there will be a legitimate competition at quarterback. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just looking at Twitter X, if you will. Oh it, boy. It's shots a... shots fired at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Two men, two armed men taken into custody. Oh boy. My goodness. That's awful. What is going on? I mean, come on. Sports. Anyway. Um, we both have, we have to get out early again today as we did yesterday at about half past the hour. So with that, I don't mind, have anybody coming uh, at the <laughs> door today. Yeah. So that was yeah. funny. Yeah. Yesterday that was, um, here's the topic I want to get to before we end the show today. There are clearly defined needs. I think for the Steelers going into free agency and the draft going into this whole process, 
what do you think, and I'll answer this too, is, is kind of a final topic for today. What do you think is the most important position they need to get right within free agency in the draft? Most important position? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they... What position do they need to get right? Because in my opinion, it's center. I think that's the position, whether they go go to it in draft or free agency, I think mm-hmm. they have to get the center right. They have to get it, they have to get it right in terms of the run game, get it in terms of snapping cleanly in the passing game and, and pass blocking. And whatever this quarterback is going to be, whether it's Kenny Mason, Tannehill, whoever it is. Yeah. They need to find somebody that's going to be structurally dependent, that's going to be able to execute this Arthur Smith blocking scheme in a way that'll help benefit the quarterback. I mean, there, I, I, I definitely agree with you that center center is a, is a, it's one of the biggest needs. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, again, I go back to quarterback. Um, sure. I just do it just because like whether, okay, whether it's whatever you see in Kenny, uh, the conversations that he, you know, that he has with Arthur Smith or, or anybody else, you know, Tom Arthur, new quarterbacks coach, you know, Whatever the conversations are like, if you, you know, if the Steelers go into 2024 and Kenny Pickett's for starter, they got to be dang sure that he is going to take a significant leap. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they re-sign Mason Rudolph and he comes in and he wins the QB1, they got to be dang sure that what we saw in four games was not just a, a, a nice little blip on the radar. You know that 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 everybody can kind of remember fondly. It's got to be like, okay, this is what Mason Rudolph looks like with with six years of NFL experience, and you know, part of that playing, part of that holding a clipboard on the sideline, part of that spending it up in the up in the up in the box. You know, not even wearing a uniform. Um, and so, whatever they decide, whatever they decide, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. I, I'm just throwing all kinds of names out there. Whatever the choice is, they have to get this right. Yeah, they have to make sure that what we see from the quarterback position, and it's honestly what Art Rooney the second has said, it is the most important thing. They have to get quality play out of the quarterback position. You're not going to be able to get in this instance. You're not going to be able to get a guy who's going to be able to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. But which find a quarterback that can elevate the entire play of the offense and then hope that also your defense can stay healthy enough and perform well enough to also be good on that side of the ball to give you a fighting chance whenever you play against the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Mm -hmm. Allen and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and all those guys. Yep. That's well stated. I think it's pretty clear cut here as BJ says, quarterback, center, tackle, linebacker, quarterback. Pick whatever order. I think those are the five right there. That the Steelers are looking at they the need five defense, the Steelers they, they need, need to address. They need something on the defensive line too. They of need course. some depth there. They, they, I mean, it's just it's not a good draft class for for defensive tackles. It's, it's just not. Um, so you, if they get somebody in the draft, unless it's like one of the absolute best ones, I I, I wouldn't be too excited about it. Um, you know, it might be something that you it's more of a project that you kind of turn into, like hopefully he can turn into a contributing player. I mean, who knows? Like maybe they get another Brett Kiesel that they take in the seventh round and he turns into a heck of a you know player. Not you know, not not a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but a very, very solid player. That would yeah. be that would be phenomenal. Um but uh yeah, I, I think uh 
there are a lot of holes to fill still. It's just part of it. It's just part of when, when you're not a roster that is no, not everybody's the 49ers, right? <laughs> I mean, not everybody's no. the, and, and so, yeah, there are a number of, of, of holes to fill. Thankfully, uh, they're set at the skill positions on offense. They just got to beef up the trenches and then obviously figure out what the heck is, mm-hmm. what the heck is going to go on at quarterback. Yeah, those are uh, per reports here. And this is a, a metric from Chris in the chat. The, the 49ers fired defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Um, mm. We did not talk about that much, but did find that interesting that that happened. Uh, that broke like right when we started the show or a couple minutes before mm. or a couple minutes after rather. Um Found that kind of interesting that they fired their D coordinator after having a really good defense this year. Um, don't really have a reaction to it. I, I just think that that's that's part of it, you know. When yeah, you have a ten point lead in the Super Bowl, you should probably keep it. So um, that's a big part of that. But anyway, we have to get out early today. Uh, a couple <laughs> obligations going on. Uh, we will be back. We will be back tomorrow. Can Wilkes punt? You know, they got to get a punter too somewhere. Somehow, some way, maybe they draft one seventh round. Who knows? Maybe they go I, back I into mean, the well. I mean, hey, I mean, I mean, I was looking at punters at the senior bowl. Typically, typically, punters, you know, the good punters are typically drafted. Yeah. When did, when did, uh, when was, I'm just going back, you know, the and I'm curious. Fourth round was Brad Anger, Brian Anger, whatever his name is. You know, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm going way back here. And when I say way back, I mean like more to my childhood. Hold on a second. Uh oh. Um, All right, let's see what Chris has. This will be our final on, point. Of the no, day. I'm trying to trying to find. I was seeing if he's even if he was even drafted. Who's that? Uh, Josh Miller. Mm, was he even drafted? Name ring a bell. That name Josh, he ring was a. Bell I mean, he was a Pro Bowl punter for the for the Steelers back in the day. Um, I can't remember. The Miller. highest drafted punter ever was 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 Anger, 70th overall in 2012. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to get one that early. No, no, and nor should they. There are a lot of other. Um, pressing needs. Josh Miller was not drafted. Mm, there you go. But he was a very good punter. All right. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Enjoy your celebrations tonight. Should you be celebrating? He's Chris. I'm Corey. We'll be back tomorrow. 3 p.m. Eastern. DK and Ramon coming up. 4 p.m. Eastern. 35 minutes. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>